Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Joe Bro Radio, the greatest nerd and pop culture podcast live on all your favorite podcast platforms. I'm your humble and devilishly handsome host, Gage Pons, and as always, joined by my fellow co-host, Neo Rosano. Say hello, buddy. What's up, guys? Uh, the hello was for me, uh, but yeah, great, yeah, good. Just, you know. I, no, I swear, it wasn't yeah, I for you. It was for the audience. I never know how to respond whenever you say hello, guys, in a drawl tone. It just, that wasn't drawl. That was a little drawl. That, that's, it's, look, I'm it's not... Like, hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? That, it, it, you know what? You do you, bud. I'm proud of you for trying, you know? It's not your fault. Uh, I, you can barely say that. Oh, yeah, no. Well, I was trying to make a Goodwill hunting reference anyway, but anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, if you're new here... We talk about nerd stuff, we talk about pop culture stuff, we talk about whatever the hell we want. There is no format, uh, and there is no organization, because that is lame. That's for <clears> professionals. Can't, yeah, we can't limit the create. We can't limit our creative fluidity here, you know, it just, it comes to us naturally. But that's the beauty of the podcast. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and stop this music now, because it's... <laughs> I, I don't know if you have this problem, but it's oddly hard for me to focus on what I'm saying when I have that tune just busting in my ears yeah it, me too <laughs> like i i like yeah, the intro music like... i like the intro music and i like playing it i think it adds a little bit more you know essence to it but i i immediately start losing my train of thought and i just want to vibe to it you know and yeah you, know, you, you just can't vibe you just can't vibe to the music we got we have business to get a hold of <clears throat> anyway uh also if you're new here you know we like to start off with a little topic sometimes we have a topic every now and then but before we get into that topic we like to start with small talk you know get the get the day kicking and stuff how about you buddy neo you start off you got any small talk um nothing really new uh we're getting my dog spayed uh tomorrow today for the listeners so we got an appointment for that well, uh, you said in last episode, you said you confirmed the gender of your little babu, your little tiny Rosano. It's a boy. boy. Yeah, that's why I said nothing. Yeah, now you can now you can do the Kratos thing and just call him boy. Boy. You are now you are now dad of boy. I am dad think, of boy. Think about that. Now you just need to get the tattoo and shave your head, and you'll be good, and somehow yeah. grow a beard. And uh, dye my skin pale white. <laughs> it's called bleaching your skin. Michael Jackson did that. Whatever. Uh, or supposedly. Michael Jackson denied that skin bleaching is a thing. Um, and I don't actually Allegedly. know about it. But do you want to... Uh, I was going to say, do you want to read the little thing that you read off to me a little bit ago about the ultrasound thing? That'd be interesting. Oh, yeah. small talk. I, I, got, I got like an email from like it was, this. <laughs> wait a minute. It was an like email? A, yeah, it's an email. What? From who? Dude, it's like a pregnancy tracking app. It like oh. tracks like your pregnancy. This and is an, says like, oh, this, this week your baby's a thick as a banana. This is an app that you actually have, right? Yeah. Oh, and they're just like, hey, by the way. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes it sound less weird. I'm only gonna read the first paragraph because it's a lot to read. Okay. But uh, it says expectant fathers can sometimes feel left out of pregnancy of the pregnancy experience. 
moms to be most of the get most of the attention, but an interesting study from the University of Madison, Wisconsin, focused on how dads felt the first time they saw their babies on ultrasound. Not surprisingly, fathers reported seeing their baby's image for the first time live and in person was a huge step in helping prepare them for parenthood while reassuring them the baby was growing well. Oh, that's good. That's very wholesome, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I got super excited and like felt like a kid in a candy store whenever I saw my baby on ultrasound. I'm not gonna lie. Well, it was like one of the coolest experiences of my entire life. Enjoy that feeling. Have you had anyone yet, you know, like, this is, like, a, a thing that I always see whenever couples, like, have a new kid on the way. Rather than, like, I mean, there's a little bit of congratulations, or, well, a little bit's not doing it. I mean, there's some congratulations. There's a decent amount of congratulations. But the thing I hear more than anything else is, like, you know, when you're talking about the excitement and the joy and whatnot, people are like, enjoy it while it lasts. You know, because, you know, having a baby's hard and then you don't sleep and all that, you know, cause, because having a baby's hard. Have you gotten any of that yet? No, I have not. You haven't? That's surprising. I figured... not, not even from my parents and my friends who have newborn babies. Uh, I kind of, I mean, I didn't really expect it from, like, your dad, but I figured your mom would have done that already. Been like, good luck. You know? I, I actually have something to say about my mom, but before I, I, I say that, um, like, one thing that, like, I've seen, like, bunch of like videos and i've been watching stuff on like things to do with a newborn to help them sleep and that kind of thing it's just be loud so like i'm already a really loud person so hopefully the baby will be able to sleep through anything <laughs> yeah it's just, you're we're just gonna be playing demio at 2 a.m and you're, you're just gonna be screaming and your baby sound asleep <laughs> Yeah, I just get to like oh, or dude. just open his eyes when, and stare at me when, and like, when I come visit, your baby's gonna sleep hard. <laughs> if that's how it works, because I'm a loud person whenever I get like excited, especially when I start screaming in a Boston accent. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. I'm just gonna scream <laughs> if your baby wakes you up. I'm just gonna go in there and scream at him. Like an, so, like, like an angry thing, owner of a pizza parlor and make him shut up. One thing I've been doing is just yelling at my wife's stomach. Oh my god. Look, I think you need to understand how valid, you need to look into how valid that study is. I will. Because... Um, so, you, you want to know something funny, actually? What? So, um, I can't remember which kid my mom was having, but um, I don't think it was me. I think it was my other brothers when when they were like, when she was like in labor or whatever, and they were doing like the pre pre labor ultrasound. Uh -huh. My brother, one of them, was talking so much and like being loud, and just the baby inside the womb just covered his ears. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. So back back to what I was saying before about my mom, she was like, oh, when can I visit uh, when the baby's born? And Andrea told her, uh, well, we don't want anyone uh, visiting for like about six weeks after the baby's born just for like safety reasons. And she got mad at that. Yeah, well, I remember I know Andrea was telling me about that while we were playing Hogwarts. I, I, I was going to say, are you sure about sharing this on the podcast? But I imagine your mom doesn't listen to boneheads like us. So, it's fine. 
Does yeah. any of your family listen to the podcast? I, I've told my brothers about it, and I told my dad about it, but I, I don't think they listen regularly. Ah, well, that's fine. Probably I, the best. One of them actually asked about like how it's going and that kind of thing, and I said, it's going pretty well. Oh, that's, well, that's good. Well, I know I know for certain your mom probably doesn't listen. You, we would know by now if, if she did. I would but, definitely know. Well, yeah, but in that turn, I would also know. I mean, yeah, keep me up to date with all of your mom antics because your mom is like my kryptonite in a way. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's just, yeah, look, she's she's a nice lady. She just thinks weird. She, yeah. She think, she, she think different. <laughs> she, her brain built it's well you you can say those things i'm not <laughs> i'm i'm trying to be polite <clears throat> i don't give a shit excuse my language yeah half well, a stink butt plug for me yeah that's a half a stink butt plug for you i will one day release the total amount of stink butt points we've earned in a whole season <laughs> yeah at, at the last episode of every season it's tallied and that is what we get yeah i so far probably not many but I mean, I have them written down, but... We both got a bunch last episode. I know I got a lot during the Hogwarts Legacy episode. I I was racking them up. I wasn't even apologizing, so... Rather than yeah, getting so half... Are, those are full points. Yeah, those are full stink butt points for me. So I might actually have a higher stink butt point count than you, which is a rare thing, because I'm the one who assigns yeah. them. <laughs> uh. Anyway, well... As Do our stink butt points get reset at the beginning of every season, or do they just keep on accumulating? No, they reset. They'll reset. Um, well, I mean, I guess I kind of have some small talk. I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy. I've been enjoying the hell out of that game. Um, yeah. I don't really want to... Huh? I, I, I was going to say, I bought it from my wife, and she really enjoys it, and I've been like occasionally helping her out with some quests and stuff and i i think it's fun yeah yesterday was funny because andrea has well actually i probably know more about harry potter than her just because i read but well she reads too but uh basically she knows a little more about the world than me but i know video games more than her so yesterday yeah. while we were playing we were simultaneously tr basically trading knowledge. <laughs> like, here, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll tell you this bit of lore if you tell me how to do this, basically. Not not exactly like that, but it's kind of what it, what it felt like, basically. <clears throat> because I was sharing game logic, and she was sharing uh, environmental logic, basically. Uh, it was pretty nice. funny. Uh, I had another bit of small talk, but I... I I lost it. Uh, what are you ever gonna write? Hmm? What? Are you ever gonna write what you have down? You Whatever. always say like I, I'm gonna, I usually write it down, but you know you never write it down. Well, because what I do is I like sit down. I'm like, all right, I need to get my notes, but then I'll think of something else and then go do that. ADHD prone habit ass. Yep, and that's why we have no format. Rue the day, alright? When you and I both finally get medicated, this is gonna be the most... That'll be the most posh episode we've ever made. It'll, it'll be so... It'll be so professional you won't even believe. 
She's gonna snort some Adderall before coming on the podcast or recording. You're gonna just be so like polite, you know, not talk fast, just like so not interrupt each other. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna snort so much Adderall I start speaking old English. Like Shakespearean <laughs> English. <laughs> We're actually gonna have a topic like written down viewpoints, written down. Doc, like, welcome like, to like, thine oh, episode God. of thine podcast, Joe Bro Radio. It's gonna be okay, amazing. Okay, super people. Yeah. Although I think I said it, we were. I don't know if we said this on podcast, but I we we made a joke about learning one of the languages that J.R.R. Tolkien invented, and we would just make an episode and only speak that language. So basically, it would just be you and I talking to each other because the audience doesn't really know what we're saying. I want to learn the Black Speech of Mordor, so I can just go a whole episode speaking in the Black Speech. <laughs> That'd be, like, I, I, that'd be so cool, but so remarkably difficult. Well, yeah, because you got to learn a whole language. And well, you... I imagine you have to learn a language to learn a language to learn a language. Well, no. For that. No. Well, maybe. Uh, with the, how long ago it was written, I mean, maybe a little bit, but not entirely i don't know i mean learning a new language in general is really difficult it it's easier to learn a new language when you're around it right like if if you were if someone from the united states lived in the united states their whole life and like just like say like at like age 20 moved to russia and just decided to live there they would probably learn a good like an adequate amount of Russian pretty quick because they have no choice but to learn it, you know? Because right. that's like all anyone speaks over there. Uh, thing is, with the Black Speech of Mordor, uh, nobody speaks it. <laughs> so no, there's no one to, there's nowhere to hear it other than like in the movies. So you can, so you can kind of like subconsciously build up the knowledge. Something that I find, like, very interesting is, uh, like, our country, right? Like, we, like, in school, you can take, like, German, Spanish, French, blah, 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 whatever. But in, like, every other country, they learn English, and that is, like, one of their, like, classes, you know? Yeah. Well, English is a very common language. Although, apparently... Not one of the most common, surprisingly. Well, apparently, English is the hardest to learn, which kind of makes sense a little bit i mean the, the thing that i find hardest about other languages to learn is everything has a gender and that just pisses me off so the thing that kind of like the thing that confuses me with spanish is it, it kind of seems like the words are backwards like yeah it, like uh <clears throat> caliente chocolate hot chocolate like chocolate caliente like I've listened to, like I've seen movies where it they're speaking in Spanish with English subtitles, and like I know a tiny bit, a tiny bit of Spanish, and it's like the words that they speak are not in the same spot as the written sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, like, and that confuses me. You know. So, uh, I, I when I was learning French, the hardest part about it was like learning that oh. This lamp is a male. This apple's a female. This battery's a female. Like, what? You were in French. You had French? Yeah, I took French my old high school. 
do you, and do you know French like now? I I stopped taking it senior year, so I forgot everything. Oh, so you okay? Gotcha. Just had to make sure. I mean, that's usually how it goes. Apparently, like people who take those foreign language classes in school, they don't remember them as soon as they get out of them. Well, yeah, unless you keep up with it, you know, you're just gonna forget. Every, excuse me, everything. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of i I think that learning any other language other than Spanish when you're living in the U.S. is kind of pointless. I have Mandarin's a very good language to learn. Well, I mean, but the thing, the co- the common spoken languages in the U.S. are English and Spanish, right? right? So, I mean, learning, I mean, learning any new language in general, I think, is a pretty admirable and a good thing to do. But, like, I've heard it from people. It's like there's no, u- there isn't going to be a whole lot of utility in learning how to speak like Russian, unless you intend on, you know, communicating with a lot of Russians, and there aren't there. Aren't really many people in the United States that speak Russian regularly. Yeah, and and if you uh, learn Russian, you're just gonna be put on a uh, U.S. government blacklist. Yeah. Now the good thing with those is if you like take like you know French, there'll more than likely be a trip where like in high school there'll be class trip where you're visiting French speaking countries, right? Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> That's more yeah. of a college thing, I feel. It's more of a college. No, it's a high school thing. That happens in high school. I have never visited a foreign country in high school, like well, for a high school trip. I should say. Well, I know people that like took German, and it's it's like a summer thing. It's not like in school. It's like after, like during summer, there'll be like a a summer school trip with your class from that year, and you'll like go to countries. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it was just people going on vacation, and I'm just being stupid. But I have no idea. I don't know any foreign languages, so I'm yeah. I'm actively trying to learn the black speech of Mordor, and I'm not going to present what I've learned because it's going to sound stupid. I, uh, I I keep putting off learning Arabish. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah. Did you have to speak any other languages overseas, or did they speak English? They spoke English. Oh, uh, so, something that's actually really cool about the military, though, like you you can get paid extra money for how many languages. You- languages you know like it's like an extra hundred bucks a paycheck for does, every language you know does the black speech of mordor count i don't think so <laughs> you should add. it's a different language it has a whole vocabulary and dictionary okay okay answer me this what foreign correspondents are going to be speaking the black speech of mordor that you need to listen to their conversation on germans Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Germans. I quit. I quit. <laughs> You're fired. You can't fire me. We started this together. This is dual partnership. Oh god, that's it, funny. It was trio partnership, but then Cade said bye bye. <laughs> well, Cade's a little busy little butterfly. You know, he's busy doing overnight work, so. I don't know. Can't entirely blame him, but uh, at the same time, I blame him. Cade, please come back. We miss you. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but whatever. Anyway, <sighs> wow, that's a good 20 minutes of small talk. That seems uh, kind of our average. 15 to 20 minutes of small talk. No, sometimes it's like 10 minutes. I mean, it just kind of depends. We, we've been getting on side tangents a lot easier, which I 
don't know if it's a good thing or not. Um, well, I, I think it just shows that we're more comfortable talking in this kind of setting. I think it like, shows, you know, it, I mean, it's more fluid, like, train of thoughts. I think it's more interesting. But I, if yeah, we definitely. if we actually intend on getting to a topic, then no, not so much. Fair anyway, enough. speaking of topics, uh, well, I mean, it kind of just happens during the topic anyway. But that doesn't matter. We're getting off topic again. The topic, the the big, the you know, the 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 meal, the five star, the the uh, what is it? The the entree, the entree. Uh, today we're going to be talking about unsolved mysteries. I decided to choose this topic because I brought up the Amelia Earhart situation uh, last episode. Was it last episode? Yeah, it was last episode. I brought up the Amelia Earhart thing with the coconut crabs, which I will be reading that uh, in detail today uh, as soon as I actually type it into my search bar. But it got me thinking, what other kinds of unsolved mysteries are there? Or, like, theories of unsolved mysteries. Things like that, you know? The, we're going to be answering the the great questions that have been left behind by history. And today, me and Neo will decide the answer, and that will be the thing that gets recorded in history books. Hopefully. So we're going to solve the unsolved mysteries, basically. Yeah, all the people that write those books and, like, put them down as record for the rest of humanity, they're listening to this podcast right now. They're actually holding a I gun to my head. You didn't agree to this. Yeah, well, I didn't agree to have a gun held to my head, so you're lucky. Is there a outside my house? <laughs> Probably not, but I mean... Are, are we just going to ignore the fact that I said there's a gun to my head? I don't care. I'm your friend! Yeah, but, you know, preservation of myself and my family. Okay, fair enough. I can't argue with that, yeah. Am I not your family, though? Uh, you're, you're my kid's godfather, that's about it. So technically, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. All right, doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, let me go ahead and look this up. Uh, how do you spell Amelia? <laughs> For me, Amelia Earhart, how do you spell that? Just type it in, the Google will autocorrect you. Amelia Earhart. Who is that woman who drove the plane and across the Atlantic the Ocean? And the and coconut crabs. Here we go. Uh, let's see. This is Google's first thing in 1940. Researchers. This is in 1940. Okay, so this is not actually the. Uh. Old. This is not actually as unsolved as I thought. I don't think. In 1940, researchers found a fractured skeleton on Nikamaroro or Nikamaruru, something like that, island that had been torn apart limb by limb. Many believe that what they found was the body of American aviation pioneer Amelia Earhart. She had been shredded to pieces by coconut crabs. <coughs> All right, let's go ahead and pull up this actual article. Does it actually have pictures of coconut crabs? Oh, yeah, there's a video of a coconut crab eating a seagull. Well, I want to see that. Send me the link. Okay, here we go. Let me copy. Well, I'm not actually watching the video, but I saw the thumbnail, and it was, like, on top of a bird. So either it was making love to the bird, or it was eating the bird. I will... Well, I, I, I just love seeing birds in perpetual torment. <laughs> I, uh, trust me, I believe you. <laughs> anyway, so... Let's see, this is, like, a whole article. Wow, coconut crabs are, like, 
what the fuck, dude? Where did all these pictures come from? This isn't what the pictures were a minute ago. Uh, here, let's see. The coconut crab, the world's largest land crab, can weigh over 8.8 pounds and span nearly a meter across. This guy can rip open a coconut with the power of its claws, plus it can also climb trees. Uh, and it can be the animal that devoured Amelia Earhart. Uh, it was the... And what it was the word that left Charles Darwin's lips when he first saw a coconut crab. Charles Darwin met a coconut crab. Oh, interesting. Monstrous in quotes. That's that's the word he's talking about. That's the word that left Charles Darwin's lips. And indeed, it is no ordinary crab. It's strong enough to carry more than six times its own weight. Can I just point something out real quick? Sure. Do, do you wonder what these things would taste like? Yes. I think they'd be delicious. I think. But you know what I am more keen on like uh-huh. right now? What? Coconut crab versus mantis shrimp. Coconut crab versus mantis shrimp? That is quite literally the definition of an immovable force meeting an unstoppable object. Wait, you, you're reverse about it. An unstoppable... An, huh? Unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. Oh, yeah, that. Uh, anyway, in Darwin's days, there were rumors that the crabs would climb trees and dangle from them for hours, holding on by nothing more than a single pincer, like some massive overgrown spider. There were stories that their claws were so strong they could break through a coconut. Well, I go figure. And some claimed they could tear a human being apart limb by limb. Okay, if you can rip a coconut in half, like, I imagine this is something they do pretty easily. I mean, look at them. They're coconut crabs. I think that's kind of, like, simple to them. I imagine tearing off a human limb might take a little bit more effort, but I think they can do it. Uh, It depends. You know, like, back then, humans, like, weren't as, I don't know, strong, I guess you could say, as they are today. I think it also depends on the human. Like, Shaq? Yeah. If if Shaq saw one of these things, I don't think it would have a very Dude. easy time tearing off one of Shaq's arms. Shaq's a big toe is as big as a coconut crab. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> Darwin didn't believe most of these rumors, but he, in the end, they turned out to be no exaggeration. Since then, every story about this horrifying-looking creature has proved true. Yeah, okay, so that was all written in the tense that, like, they didn't know yet. And yeah, oh my God! How was this? Ooh, that's so creepy. There's like a picture what of like it? people with lawn chairs up and whatnot, and there's like a bunch of coconut crabs on the ground. How are these people alive? Did they tame them? That'd be pretty. Neat. Wouldn't it be interesting to have a pet coconut crab? There's also videos of like people with their dogs near them. Like, from everything I've heard about these coconut crabs, I would take a shotgun to them. Like, I don't think I would trust any living thing near these. They sound like beings of hate. (laughs) Like, I don't. So it's you in crab form. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Take their pincers, for example. They're some of the most powerful and most dangerous weapons in the entire animal kingdom. If you're unlucky enough to have one of them clamped down on your leg, it will grip. Its grip will have as much force as a bite from a lion's jaws. Mm. 
Oh, okay. Yes, you wrote that right. It's no coincidence that the people in this picture don't move at all. It's a picture. Of course they're not moving. Duh. Oh, so yeah, what happens is these coconut crabs showed up, so everyone's just like holding still, so the crabs aren't going to be like, huh? Andy's coming, everybody. Although coconut crabs don't really have a taste for live humans, these people had to watch out for their moves when, lured by the smell of food, an army of crabs swarmed their garden party. Yeah, that that's unsettling. I'm a big fan of crabs, you know. I like crabs, you know. Crab rave, like my number one favorite video. But these things are, I mean, these are apex predators. And climb trees. We're getting a little off topic. What does it talk talk about Amelia Earhart? Um, you know what? Can I pull up this video? Turn that off. Uh, oh yeah, big boys. They do look like giant spiders. Do these things make you nervous in any way? No, I don't like. I don't think they look like spiders. Oh. Yeah, and people get like really close to them. I guess maybe they aren't actually as like violent as they are like sound like i think they would be they're not really going to attack a human unless they smell like blood you know yeah because that seems to like be the thing or or like fruit and stuff but like they're probably not going to go after a human unless they smell blood or if you just stick your hand in its claws you know oh wow these ones look kind of small I was thinking that. Yeah, I think these ones are like babies, little tiny coconut crabs. Cause I like there's one picture here where there's one that's like as big as the dog. Mhm. Mm oh, three meters across. Okay, whatever. Anyway, Amelia Earhart. We're getting the most horrific story of all might as well be might as well be the answer to one of history's greatest mysteries. In 1940, researchers found that yeah, the thing with the coconut crabs. Earhart is believed to have crashed with her plane on the island and left on a beach, either injured and bleeding or dead. What might have happened next is probably most humanly described by the following account of coconut crabs killing a bird by Mark Later, a biologist who has studied the species extensively. In the middle of the night, I observed a coconut crab attack and kill an adult red-footed booby. God, we're stupid. The, <laughs> the booby had been sleeping on a low-lying branch less than a meter up the tree. The crab slowly climbed up, grabbed the booby's wing and its claw, breaking the bone and causing the booby to fall to the ground. Why are you using this word? Is this what they're called? Yeah. That's actually what they're called? Yeah, they're boobies. <laughs> I didn't know that until just now. The only bird I like. <laughs> Alright, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this video. I want to see it it's, it's not it's not interesting i watched the whole thing there's like no action in it yeah this poor bird oh yeah, it just dies really slowly okay yeah i was like fighting and then it just slowly like went to sleep oh wait no it's still breathing <clears throat> yeah okay Ooh. 
See, that would freak me out at night. I'm not going to lie, seeing that crab. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the if, if I saw that crap in the middle of the night, I would show it what uh, nine rounds of American justice tastes like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, it basically just snapped its wing open. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, the bird's just laying there just waiting. Poor guy. Anyway, at that point, the crab... Uh climbed down to finish it off the crab then approached the bird breaking the break grabbing and breaking its other wing later called no matter how much the booby struggled or pecked at the hard shell of the crab it would not let it go then the swarm came five more coconut crabs came to the site with within like within 20 minutes likely queuing in on the blood as the booby lay paralyzed the crabs fought <laughs> why did they get video of that they got they started fighting each other, eventually tearing the bird apart. Finally, each of them each of them carried a limb or a hunk of meat from the mutilated bird's body. This poor bird just got a gang gang stomped by crabs. God, birds just like it's not how I thought it was gonna go. Birds evolved to fly so they can reach trees and avoid predators on the ground. Coconut crabs? No. <laughs> no. I hate it. Anyway, in 2007, a team of scientists ran a test to see what the crabs would have done to poor Earhart. They left a pig carcass at the site where her plane was believed to have crashed. As expected, the crabs crawled out of their homes and tore the pig to shreds. Then they dragged whatever they could find down to their underground layers and ate the flesh off of the bones. They said these animals have more reason to fear us than we have to fear them. Earhart may be among the very few persons to have ever been killed by a coconut crab. While we have actually <clears throat> turned them into an endangered species, once commonly found on many tropical in Indo-Pacific islands, Coconut crab populations have greatly reduced by the exact same forces that doomed the dodo, namely uh, overhunting and habitat destruction. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, oh, hang on. A so, after all, is it not us who are monstrous? Okay, wrong conclusion to draw in this kind of article. Save that for a different argument. But, I mean, you've heard about these things. I, I Look. I don't know how to say this without sounding rude, but I think the world would be fine without them. Yeah. They sound... They sound evil. Indeed. I, I, anyway. I would say. So, yeah. Supposedly, Amelia Earhart crashed and was, like, bleeding, and then, like, coconut crabs found her, or she died, and then the coconut crabs found her. Either way, coconut crabs... Probably one of nature's creepiest inventions. One of God's most interesting DLCs. <laughs> uh, so, I actually have... I don't really maybe call it an unsolved mystery, but it's a pretty decent talking point. Um, it, it reminded me when, when, the, when the Dodo thing was brought up. But you know how, like, you know, dinosaurs, right? They were, like, a lot of them were believed to be, like, birds and stuff. Yeah. Or, I'm oh, sorry. No, I'm I'm getting off. I'm changed. Um. So like, 
a lot a lot of like i don't want to say cave drawings but a lot of like medieval and ancient depictions of like drawings and stuff in books they depict dragons right and there's a theory that dragons were actually real but because their bones were also hollow so they could fly there's no record of them because their bones weren't strong enough to you know fossilize they just deteriorated in the ground yeah they would or, or like decompose or something like that they just <clears throat> yeah i mean it wouldn't necessarily surprise me i mean it's kind of well i don't necessarily want to say that, it's it's but... far-fetched but well i was gonna say i find it kind of hard to believe that something like that like even in the bible they describe dragons like well, actually, it's it's like in the I don't know in one of the old books of the Bible. Not, I'm not getting religious. This is just for information. Uh, and like in the books of in the book of Revelation, like Satan appears as a dragon, right? They describe oh. a dragon. Yeah. So even way back then, it's like dr- the concept of a dragon was known, right? Like mm-hmm. so, I find it kind of hard to believe that that kind of thing would exist, that concept would exist for so long with absolutely no reason to believe it, you know? Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean the Bible is one of the best history books out there if you want information well, about stuff. Well, like, fantasy is fantasy, don't get me wrong, you know? Like, things like, you know, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings and all that, like, obviously that's all pure imagination. But, like... Again, this is in, like, one of the oldest books known to man, and they, they mention a dragon. Uh, I And they weren't, like, creating fiction back then, I don't think. They weren't, they weren't writing, you know, fantasy stories and stuff like that. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily shun the idea that dragons existed entirely. I think I could, I think I could see dragons being a real thing. That'd be cool. I may, maybe. I mean, if a dragon existed nowadays, I mean, it kind of depends, right? Because there's, <clears throat> depending on fictions, it's like dragons can be like as a as a whole are like colossal beings, or there's like How to Train Your Dragons, where they're kind of just like giant dogs, in a way. Yeah. Well, like they're big, but they're not like they're not kaiju's, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, Although How to Train Your Dragon does have a couple of dragons that are like that size, but you, you get the idea. Um, I mean, yeah, but we but we've shown that like even apex predators can be domesticated to a certain degree. Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily count on that because here's the thing: as much as people like like with the wolf people who like own wolves and whatnot or whatever, like you know, you might have raised them as pup since they were like little puppies and stuff like that. But the thing is, is no matter what, they have a biological like they're they're designed to be the way they are in the wild and one day they could just snap and revert back to that for some reason or another whether you raise them or not you never Mm -hmm. know i mean there is always that risk yeah well i mean and they as far as i'm aware i mean those people always pretty much have safety precautions but it's kind of weird like i'll see videos of like bears and people just like play with them i'm like that's dangerous like regardless if i could have a bear and i guarantee that it wouldn't attack me or anyone else unless like provoked like defending my house or whatever 
I would have a pet bear. I would 100% have a pet bear. I love bears. Yeah. It's just a shame that they're likely to rip your face off. Anyway, do you have any unsolved mysteries? Or was that was that one, the thing with the dragons? Or Yeah, oh, no, that was mine. You can go next. Oh. Well, I mean, that's more of a theory. But, I mean, that's an interesting one. I mean... Look, I I kind of think, think I think I feel like I would be uh grandstanding if I like was like nah dragons didn't exist. I believe in aliens. I believe aliens yeah. exist. I feel like that's that would be equally as logical or equally as silly to believe in. You know what I mean? Well, so, who said the famous quote like uh in the infinite universe there's a zero pos. Zero percent possibility that nothing will happen. So there's at least a one percent, or at least a percent, of a possibility I, of everything happening. You know. I believe the quote you're thinking of is, "In an infinite universe, unlikely is just inevitability waiting for its chance." Something like that. Yeah. It's like the, there, there's a zero percent possibility that nothing will happen, but there's at least a percent that everything will happen, and well, anything can happen. Well, I mean, if you're going to go off of pure, just pure statistics and take, like, the concept of belief or religion out of it, which you kind of can't, but even if you did, that still leaves room for there to be a possibility for life to exist. Exactly. Like, you're talking about infinity here. I I saw this TikTok, and it was uh, of a human talking to an alien, and... Uh, it's probably fake. It was like, well... Yeah, it was it was a joke video. Oh, and uh, it was a, it was a human talking to an alien, and the alien was was talking about like a, oh yeah, Jesus visits our our uh, planet all the time. We oh. give him chocolates, and uh, the aliens like, why? Why isn't Jesus come back for you guys? What happened when when, when he came the first time? Oh, and then yeah. it just, <laughs> you know, there like, actually there actually is a religious theory that i have well not religious but there is a theory i have involving uh, i i mean it's technically not religious but involving religion that kind of supports the existence of aliens or the Beings. the evidence do you really want me to say it yeah okay so basically the the idea is you know humans as a fallen race you know since adam and eve you know we were pretty much cut off from uh, God, you know. There, there's that separation and why thing, you know, that Jesus died on the cross, you repent, repent, you know, accept Jesus and you go to heaven. That, that there, there's a separation between God and man. And if other aliens exist, you know, other races, other species out in the, out in the universe or whatnot, they are more, they more than likely probably have some standing with of with god as well right meaning god created them and they kind of had a similar stance as to like like they they believe or practice or some way right same way humans do the difference is they probably had a set of rules that they did not break meaning they are not a fallen race right so hmm. alien like there could be like an alien race out there that is completely pure and living within you know the confines that god laid out from step one and if that's true then you can't really have a fallen corrupt race associating with a non-corrupt race because it would just corrupt them right 
that's true and like if you think about it like if they were uncorrupt would they have the advancements that we do would they you know have i would i would know, say they're probably more advanced honestly more because advanced? i would say they'd probably be more advanced i think that... i'd have to argue with that because they would never be searching for anything more than what they have if they're content and happy with what they have that doesn't mean no 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 that doesn't mean anything like because here's the th like trying to just improve how you live life and trying to find more are two different things. It's not like they're trying to go out and actually, like, explore the universe. But, you know, it doesn't mean that they aren't, you know, living life differently. I would imagine they'd probably be more advanced in a number of ways. I mean, that it, you're talking about purity versus corruption here. <clears throat> because it, obviously, it soils things. But, uh... That kind of also is a double-edged sword because if that theory is true, then that means we will never ever be able to prove if he, if aliens exist, because by that design we would never be allowed to find them, so we couldn't you know corrupt a pure race of aliens or something like that. Right. But uh, no, I I think I think that would be more advanced. I don't because I I being pure doesn't mean you don't have a sense of wonder. <clears throat> you know, uh, I think that they would be content with not having answers, but, you know, I, you kind of already have them, you know, so I don't know. Interesting little theory. Uh, not trying to push religion on anyone. This isn't advocating for anything. It's just theories. Yeah. Little fun deep dives. I heard about that a long time ago, that theory. I don't know where I heard it from. I can't remember, but I always thought it was interesting because, you know, I think the difference between, you know, religious belief and science isn't entirely all that different. Just depends there, there's on... There's a fine line. There's a very fine line. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, I can give you another example. Well, a lot of it bleeds over to each other, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, well, there, then like that's you said, not there a, isn't a lot of separation. Well, that's not a fine line. A, a fine line means that there is a clear difference. You, you mean there's a thin line. Thin line, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> people that lean exclusively to one side or the other don't want to hear that stuff, usually. Which I find, I find, I mean, I find that bizarre because I always find that kind of stuff interesting. But you know, that's just me. I'm a, I'm a imaginative person. I, I come up with things, so I always like learning things as well. Anyway, what's some other unsolved mysteries? That's this is this is a very uppity episode. I, I got one here. Oh, cool. What do you got? Yeah. Um. So. Title there. I'm gonna share my screen or just share the link for you. Uh, the boop. Uh, number ten. Is it more about birds? No. Oh. Um, number ten. Did Anastasia escape the uh, Bolsheviks? Wait, where are you stream? What are you sharing your screen? I, I'm not seeing it. I sent you a link. Oh, I'm an idiot. Like in DMs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right there. God, I'm stupid. There we go. All right, I'm looking. All right, yeah. Um, a, 
I'm going to read this one because it relates to the Romanovs, which apparently are some of my ancestors from Russia. Yeah. A few years after the Bolkovich assassins herded Tsar Nicholas II and his wife and five children into a cellar and opened fire upon them July 1918, a woman who called herself Anna Anderson surfaced in Europe, claiming to be the Tsar's youngest daughter, Anastasia. She said that she had been carried from the execution site by mysterious benefactors. Through the read projected by Romanov relatives, her saga was sufficiently intriguing that Hollywood made it into a 1956 movie starring Ingrid Bergman. Rumors persisted that the youngest heiress to the throne had somehow escaped death, but in 1991, the mystery book took a turn when it was revealed that the bodies of most of the Romanovs and their servants lay in a mass grave in Yakaterinburg, Russia, but the bodies of a male and female child were missing. The faint hope that Anastasia had escaped had crushed in 2017 when archaeologists discovered a second grave containing two more youthful sets of bones looked, sorry, like a, like the first set. The new bones were matched with a sample of Nicholas's second's DNA, which had been extracted from the bloodstains on a shirt worn in ni- or 1891, assassination attempt. With all the Romanovs accounted for, it's now clear that Anastasia di- died with her family. <clears throat> okay, for one. <clears throat> You pronounced Bolsheviks wrong. That's why I said Bolsheviks, didn't I? No, you said Bolsheviks. Oh. Um, anyway, that's not really important. And two, that doesn't really sound very unsolved to me. Uh, that sounds pretty straightforward. Yeah, it why, does. Why do, they, why do they do that? It sounds like a, sounds like a pretty solved myth. Mi- oh, ten unsolved mysteries that have been solved. Okay, well, that still counts, I guess. What happened to the Franklin Expedition? What's the Franklin Expedition? Oh, it's like a Canadian uh, uh, expedition thing. I don't read... Oh, wow, that's a long one. I don't want to read that one. Sailing Stones? That one's interesting. I want to read about that. Uh, what causes the sailing stones to move? I don't know what the sailing stones are. Uh, since the 1940s, people have been scratching their heads about the apparently strange goings-on goings on in a dry lake bed in Death Valley called the Racetrack Playa. Playa, something like that. There, every 10 years or so, stones as big as 700 pounds, 3.8 kilograms simultaneously seem to move around on their own, leaving long tracks behind them in the parched desert surface. Over the years, various explanations from dust devils to films of slippery algae have been proposed, but none of them seem too convincing. Finally, though, in 2011, researchers from Scripps Institution of Oceanography at the University of California, San Diego, decided to solve the enigma since the national park service wouldn't allow them to attach gps devices to the rocks themselves why why wouldn't you let them do that seems like such a simple thing they brought in 15 similarly sized pieces of stone and monitored them it took two years but they finally got the answer in winter time the playa sometimes fills up 
with a thin layer of water from rainfall, which freezes overnight and forms thin sheets of ice. Uh, when the sun comes out the next day, the ice melts and cracks in, in ice melts and cracks into panels that light winds then blow across the ice, carrying the rocks with them. But the stones typically slide at a speed of only a few inches per second, slowly enough that visitors can't really see the movement from a distance. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds pretty simple. Oh, some sailing rocks, neat. Maybe the rocks are migrating. You ever think of that? Yeah. Neat. How were the pyramids built? May as well, may as well look at that one. Back in the late 1960s, early 1970s, proponents of the hypothesis that human civilization had been jump-started by extraterrestrial visitors pointed out the Egyptian pyramids as persuasive as evidence. Ancient Egyptians could not have moved those massive multi-ton stone blocks with just muscle power. They argued and suggested that alien anti-gravity technology was a more plausible explanation. Fortunately, in 2014, University of Amsterdam physics materialized to rescue us from the paperback per pseudoscience. By analyzing the ancient tomb drawing, they figured that a large team of workers could have hauled the giant stone blocks on a sled and poured water in the sand to their path to reduce the friction and make it possible to drag the blocks to the pyramid. A small amount of water would cause the sand to become glued together and create a sort of paved road. Other researchers also have stated that the Egyptians used clay as lubricant, and it may be that they used more than one method. Hmm. Neat. <clears throat> Other than tell us how they got them up. Oh, well. I mean, that was the aliens, obviously. Yeah. Well, there's also the the Stonehenge's giant stones, uh, you know, like that that Stonehenge circle, like in England or something like that. Yeah. Or wherever it is. Well, apparently, I mean, this one always seemed a little bit like a no brainer to me. Uh, I, yeah, it was built by men. It, it was man made. Mm -hmm. Uh, the it's the unsolved mystery is how they transported the stones because they came from like somewhere else entirely. Uh, that one, see, like, but I remember reading about that, like, in school, like, when they talked about the Stonehenges, they're like, it's a complete mystery how they got there. I don't think it is. I, I, like, I never did. Like, they were, they were obviously built by some intelligent species, and that would, on Earth, be humans. Uh, mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't believe aliens would have done that. Or any other thing that is actually, you know, residing on the planet. And pretty much the same thing with pyramids. I, you know, I think the concept of building a pyramid is pretty simple. Especially yeah. when you have, when you, have uh, you know, slaves, which Egypt did back then. You just have people. And build, aliens. Yeah you, yeah, you just have people, you know, build a layer, climb up a step, build another layer, climb up a step, build another layer. And then at some point, whenever your slaves are dying from taking all those steps up, then the aliens come in and they're like, oh, here, we'll help you finish that. And then they finish it for yeah. you. 
Or you just get more slaves. Yeah, or you just get more slaves. But I think aliens is probably the uh, more logical conclusion to make in that situation. Yeah. I wonder, like, if they ever recovered the phone number for the aliens that, like, the Egyptians called. I mean, they got a hold of aliens somehow. You think they use, you know, U.S. Cellular or something like that? Or probably MySpace or like AOL Messenger. Middle East Cellular. I don't. I don't know. No. Interdimensional MySpace. MySpace. Google Home, Google Plus, or something like that. AOL Messenger. Or kick. No one. No, no, no. So what they did is they logged into World of Warcraft and PM the aliens account. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the the pharaoh of Egypt was really tight with the the I prime minister of aliens and they, you know, did dungeon raids together on World of Warcraft. And then eventually he's like, "Hey bro, I'm building a pyramid. I'm building 3 of them actually. You want to come help us out with that?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure. I'll be a couple hundred years, but yeah, I'll be there." So no, they got hyperspace and you know wormhole technology. I'll be there in five seconds. What do you mean? Well, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, guess you're right. Well, we solved that mystery. Uh, aliens and humans collaborated collaborated together to build the pyramids through World of Warcraft. Yeah, through World of Warcraft. Um, look, put that in the history books, please. Don't. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, I was negotiating with the uh, record keeper that has a desert eagle to the back of my skull. <laughs> anyway, uh, what else we got here? Unsolved. What happens when I just Google unsolved, but don't... What does the suggested search give me? Unsolved Mysteries, Netflix. Unsolved Case Files, Jamie 3. I don't know what that is. Unsolved Mystery Season 3. Unsolved Case Files Game. Unsolved Murders in Missouri. When in doubt, go to Reddit. When in doubt? Oh, yeah, I'm sure maybe Reddit might have something. I mean, I have another theory that I think I presented to you once, but I don't know about on the podcast. <clears throat> but the concept of being afraid of something that looks and sounds human, but you know isn't. Like... Yeah. So, like, mannequins that look very highly realistic, there's something very eerie about them, usually. Uh, there, I have a theory. Well, it's not my theory, but I, I believe it. I have a theory about uh, where that feeling comes from. And Where is that being? Well, it it's like an evolutionary trait, right? Where, you know, some probably hundreds of years ago, there was a super predator that could mock humans and lure them through looks or audio, right? And it was basically just the Venus flytrap of humans. Uh, and humans eventually evolved to be wary of such things, right? Uh, as, you know, obviously to not be so easily tricked. There, there's a little bit of questioning instead of just hearing like, help, help, I'm in danger, and then just rushing to the haste of it, right? When you right. get when you get first glimpse at it, you're kind of like, you know. Or if it just sounds weird, because obviously something that's not human won't like it will never perfectly mimic a human. But that theory also yeah. leads into like skinwalkers and like TikTok, especially like thinks they know everything about skinwalkers, 
a dog does like um, one weird thing and they're like, I think my dog was replaced with a skinwalker. You know? Uh, you saying about like that reminded me of like Predator. And do you know the uh, YouTube channel uh, CinemaSins? Sounds familiar. Well, they, they like watch movies and they like list everything that's wrong with them and they give it a sin. And they did Prey recently. And like he he like send it for like oh the predator sometimes has honor but it sometimes doesn't because you know he didn't fight this person when she didn't have a weapon but he just killed this guy in cold blood when he was wounded. That's not how it works. That guy's actually wrong. The reason he killed someone who was wounded is because it was previously trying to attack him. It it he already proved himself to be a threat right yeah because he didn't attack the girl whenever or he tried to attack the girl when she was actually in combative stance and then she was like in a trap so the predator thought oh she was bait so he wasn't going to go after her and then the only encounters they had after that were combat where she was a threat but yeah no that's yeah. not like he turns it's not like he chooses to be honorable here and then chooses not to sometimes he's operating off of what he knows this guy tried to actually tried to combat him therefore he dies because he yeah. is a threat the, the coolest visual thing from that entire movie was when he was fighting the bear that was awesome the bear, the bear was that is my favorite scene in that in that movie the bear it's just, the, just I, the, I think that's my favorite scene in cinema entirely not me. It's when Gandalf fights the Balrog. It always will be. <laughs> but you also got to realize that was instilled into me when I was like four years old. So, I mean, that's like one oh, of my, like, Gandalf facing off the Balrog in Moria is probably my, that is like the first cinematic memory I can conjure. I, uh,. So I, I, when I was like messing around with Hogwarts Legacy, um, I got a little bit of PTSD from the spiders. Like I, I used uh, Incendio on them, and the screech they made reminded me of uh, Lord of the Rings. And I'm just like, <laughs> I had to, <laughs> I had to fight a big boss spider in Hogwarts, and I look, I didn't know I was going to do that. Okay. So I was doing like an arena challenge, right? So you like, there's like the shrine thing you can go to and you do a thing and then you fight like waves of monsters and stuff until you complete it or like stuff like dark wizards and spiders and all this and that, you know, whatever. But in the last wave, it spawned a big black spider with red eyes that like I saw in a TikTok once, you know, and that thing uh, sucks didn't hit me like at all except for like maybe once but god that thing is tanky and he spawns spiders so shelob but yeah i about pissed my pants yeah there's shelob from lord of the rings uh there's also ungoliant you should yeah, look that we've up. already talked about that just go check out an episode way back yeah just listen to them all until you find it uh, Ungoliant. Here, um... But here's the thing, Ungoliant isn't technically a spider. She just takes the form of a spider, and she almost beat Morgoth to a pulp until a bunch of Balrogs came up and saved him. 
wait, what what month is that? That's uh, September twenty sixth. Is the episode we talked about that? How do you know? Because uh, I'm looking in our general chat. Oh, oh, okay. Then yeah, that would be it. Uh, wonder what episode that was. We, you know what? We can look at it since now we know the date. September twenty sixth. It was probably like a Rings of Power episode or something like that. I can't remember when I watched it, but it was one of our first episodes. No, it I was think. not. No, we did not post an episode on the 26th. 25th. 25th. Okay, then it was The Real Heroes. What was The Real Heroes? I don't remember that episode. It was episode four, jeez. Episode four. It was, like, it was like when we talked about like the real heroes of cinema or shows, like R2-D2's The Real Hero of Star Wars. Oh, yeah, and I brought up Samwise saying that he's the real hero of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Which I still stand by. Uh, yeah, and then and there's I the Rings of Power. I still stand by Neville's the real hero of, uh... That was... I, you know, I can kind of agree with that. Like, Neville was, like, one of the baddest of the bad, but I still think Harry Potter himself is probably more of a valid opponent than Neville is, simply because... Harry Potter learned one of the unforgivable curses on accident. Yeah. So I actually heard a theory the other day about Harry Potter. And you know how, like, uh, in the movies, when people are around a horcrux, it makes them, like, really irritable and, like, aggressive and that kind of thing? Yeah. And just bad and mean? Mm -hmm. And there's a theory that uh, Harry's, you know, uncle and aunt and, you know, cousin or whatever were really awful people because Harry was a horcrux. And they were around him all the time. That wouldn't necessarily surprise me. I mean, you could chalk it up to one of two things. Uh, it's just a typical story of like, oh, God, another kid that we have to feed. And it's like it's not theirs. Or there's that. I like that, I like that concept better, the one you just told me. I, I, when things like that line up, I like that, you know? And I think part of the reason I like it so much is because George Lucas, it's because of Star Wars. When people came up with cool stuff like that, George Lucas always is like, oh, no, you know, it's it's actually this. And, like, watered it down to something just stupid and, like, very, very face value and simple. And well, then like, it got worse. Thing... People try to quantify things in Star Wars that require no... Uh, quantification at all like they'll do that thing where it's like uh like obi-wan broke half the mask and then ahsoka broke the other and it took luke to break the whole thing you know like that yeah one thing that i do like that you know actually is something that you know was just a thing but is quantifiable and has been proven to be quantifiable is like when samuel L. jackson was like i'm not doing this one second purple lightsaber like he like the actual canon behind it is like he is able to control a part of the dark side but not be controlled by it and that is why he has a purple lightsaber because like red and blue you know yeah well did george lucas say that or i don't think he ever denied it <clears throat> yeah but that doesn't mean anything well i mean it does but at the same time like it well i mean i would say now it doesn't mean anything cuz George Lucas doesn't own it, and Disney will probably say that it does, and Disney's stupid. 
but like there's some cool there's some cool things that can be quantified in star wars like i mean there's a good amount of it you know like the one of the things to rationalize is like people don't really think that darth vader is actually that badass of an opponent he is like he he was the the beacon of of fear for 20 years for a reason you know he just could not be beat you know and there's things in the comics that back that up like even with a lightsaber he was still a dangerous dangerous opponent um he didn't even need a lightsaber and he's still a dangerous opponent i mean the guy darth vader barely ever pulled like he pulled out his lightsaber when there was a like another jedi or if it was actually like you know a colossal like monster which happens in a different comic but if it's something that if it's someone he views as like a runt you know or or if there's like a bunch of bad guys then he will but like he won't pull out his lightsaber you know it's things like that that you can quantify like like there is a reason darth vader was so heavily feared you know despite being the slow you know very linear moving machine that he is uh do you ever see those uh tiktoks where like they're like it's like a game and it's like voiced over with like famous people's voices like i saw one i was like like presidents and it was like voiced over and they're like playing zombies or whatever that's not voiced over that's an ai generating well yeah i a voice changer ai whatever but there was one where uh it was like a like of minecraft let's play and it was like ahsoka and obi-wan and all that and anakin and it was uh obi-wan was like where's anakin he fell in the lava but he didn't respond or whatever and uh it was him in the nether with like half a heart and palpatine came over gave him full netherite armor and it turned into like his uh his his suit and he's like hey uh this suit's kind of tight it's hard to breathe and palpatine's like yeah that's kind of the point (laughs) that's funny what were we getting on to talking about quantification? Oh, the Harry Potter thing. Yeah. Uh, another thing. This this was this is something that I I pointed out. This isn't really a, like a, a quantify thing, but when I when I watch the Harry Potter movies, this this is still an opinion that I get hate for. Uh, my favorite character in Harry Potter is actually Snape. Yeah, he's awesome. Well, because c- the thing is, is like I mean, Snape is a dick. Like, I mean, he undoubtedly is. Like, he's a cruel person. But do you know why he's a cruel person is the thing that people, for some reason, always seem to neglect? He did it because that was part of his narc operation. Right? He had to be distant from Harry Potter. That was, like, that was the plan. He could not be close to him. So he had to hate him to maintain that. Not to mention, the person that he served killed the one woman he loved, so he spent the next 17 years plotting his demise and successfully fooling him. Like, you understand how smart you have to be to do that, to fool the most dangerous wizard on the planet for 17 years? (laughs) Like, Snape is a genius, and he is a good guy. Um, so, uh, I have a joke here. Uh, why couldn't Snape be a herbology teacher? Why? Because he couldn't keep Lily, a, a Lily alive. Oh, that's bad. 
<laughs> that's bad. <laughs> and another thing that's funny, when I was watching the, the Harry Potter movies with my ex-girlfriend, uh, and, and, you know, Snape killed Dumbledore, you know, uh, I imagine she, she probably wanted me to be, like, I was more upset with Dobby's death. Uh, I, it didn't, it didn't surprise me when Snape killed Dumbledore. I'm like, no, there's no way. I'm like, Snape, I'm like, Dumbledore was way too smart to just let that happen. I'm like, that was planned. All right. Like, there's no way Dumbledore would have let Snape kill him if he knew it was happening. And he clearly did. I'm like, that whole thing was definitely planned. They're working together, you know, and I ended up being right. And I never read the books at that point. And that was my first time watching the movies. Um, yeah, and she, she got a little, I mean, she didn't get mad at me, but she was like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause I was like one of them. I'm sharing my screen on Reddit for unsolved mysteries. If you want to look through these. Oh yeah, sure. But like, yeah, it's like, I'm just, I'm just good with reading stories. Like I, I kind of just can guess how things like that go and it doesn't take away from the story for me. Like I, it's still great. Anyway, sharing the screen over here. Watch stream. What we got going on? All right, we have a, <laughs> we have a little bit of time, a little bit more time left. I need help finding my friend. His name is Felix. He was last seen on Monday in Arquette, California. Is this the unsolved mystery? Five years. Five ago. years ago. Oh, okay. That's creepy. Is did he ever get found? Um, maybe we should look at the comments comments these were all years ago never mind that doesn't sound promising i don't know what the link is but that sucks his dad found him too life is oh i guess the guy died uh the boy in the box huh also known as wait huh philadelphia police uncover the name of the what Okay, this this sounds like it's going to get dark. I don't know if I want to read this one. If it involves a child, just skip over it. Uh, oh, hey, this is about Fort Hood. Since the beginning of the year, there have been 12 Fort Hood soldiers who have vanished, died, or turned up dead after going missing last year. When was this? This was two years ago? So this was right before you went to Fort Hood, just about. This is about when I went to Fort Hood, yeah. Ooh. Weren't there, like, people that, like, died or killed themselves after you got to Fort Hood? Uh, or was that... That was, like, in your AIT or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that was in AIT. Okay. I'm so... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this doesn't seem like an unsolved mystery. There's no, like, article here. Oh, there we go. Huh. So are these different people? Fernandez accused a male superior officer of sexual assault. No, not going to read that. Uh, he was hospitalized. No. Oh, this is, like, the same dude. Okay. A 23-year-old Fort Hood soldier who had reported... Be I, I don't know if we should read this one. Mm, yeah. That's a little... That's a little heavy. I think all of these are a little heavy. Why did I expect... I mean, they're... Mm. I don't know what I'm expecting, really. This is just... Whatever. Unsolved Mysteries, Revival Leaps... To, no, that's for Netflix. 
Unsolved. Uh, go back up. Up, up. There we go. Unsolved Mysteries producer. No. Clueless. No. A lot of these are just like missing persons stuff. Or, you know, dead people stuff. Jeez, these are all old. These are like five years plus or three years plus. There isn't really anything too terribly interesting here. What is this? Uh, running out of an airport without his luggage. He's been missing for four years. Ooh. That was five years ago. Huh. So a man, like, walks into an airport, he's carrying a big case, and then a little bit later he's seen running out, and then he, like, goes missing after that. I don't know. Maybe he was, like, smuggling drugs. I don't know. Uh, nope, not reading that. Ooh, jeez, this sucks, dude. Is this, like, before Reddit was just full of, like, goofy, like, armchair investigators and stuff like that? Probably. And people actually posted stuff that kind of mattered? That's wild. This is so dark. Today? Why isn't the FBI involved in some... Uh, no, no, that gets political. We're not doing that. <laughs> uh... Morgan Nick, case five or something? No. No. Man found dead. Huh? Man found dead on top of Independent Pass. Is that Colorado? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 1970, has been ID'd as 39-year-old Gardner Smith. Cause of death is believed to be an accident of some sort. Well, I mean, that's not very fascinating. That sounds so disrespectful now that I am thinking about that after saying it out loud. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not trying to do that. Now you have a gun to your head and you're haunted by a ghost. Yeah, pretty much. He actually just opened a black box in my room. Uh, he's doing it right now and he's making incantations. Oh. The uh, FBI agent or the ghost? The guy... The... the uh, the record keeper who's got a gun to my head. That's what he's doing right now. Uh, uh, okay, well, he just cursed the bullet, so chances are if I get shot in the head, then I won't die. I'll just live in eternal torment. Um, I mean, it's not an unsolved mystery, but we can talk about the balloon that China sent over. You know what? Actually, I have another thing about balloons, but it's not about that. I'd rather not talk about that. Uh, okay. Ohio, I think it was Ohio... Balloon, Ohio balloon release. I think this is what it is. Yeah, this is nuts. Balloon Fest 86 was a 1986 event in Cleveland, Ohio, United States, in which the local chapter of United Way set a world re record by releasing almost 1.5 million balloons. And if you look at the pictures of it, it looks like an eldritch horror in some of called? the... Just look up Ohio Balloon Release and you'll find it. Some of these pictures look like they're straight out of, like, a Lovecraft book. 
Like, it looks like some fifth-dimensional terror enveloping buildings and stuff. It's creepy. Fredrickson, why? And you should know that this event actually caused casualties. Seriously? Yeah. And to this day, apparently, you can still find, like, the remains of balloons in, like, specific areas. That's insane. Yeah, I heard about this on a different podcast. It's nuts. But they were talking about it, and they said something about the pictures, and they're like, it looks like, you know, like an eldritch, you know, Lovecraftian horror, you know, event. I'm like, oh, I gotta see that. And I only just now remember to look at it, and I'm looking at the pictures, and it does indeed look like a Lovecraftian horror in some of these. Yeah, dude, Carl out here, you know, filling up balloons in Ohio. Cleveland just needs to be quarantined from the rest of the country, I think. You mean Ohio? <laughs> no, I mean specifically Cleveland. Like, not all of Ohio is that bad, but Cleveland is Cleveland's a different beast. So are, are we are we changing our petition to launch more nukes uh, first at the San no, Andreas Fault no, no, in no, Cleveland? No, 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 no. Like, uh, California needs to go. Cleveland just needs to be quarantined for a while. I don't know. Say next 50 years will be all right. Is it illegal to release just, just balloons in dead. Ohio? <laughs> if you are caught releasing more than 10 balloons, you can be charged with a misdemeanor in Ohio. <laughs> Oh my god. That well, is that is how severe this event was. Was that not on our like dumb laws list? It might have been. I don't remember. Hang on, let's see. Launch. Uh, Con- here, let's look at I'll read the consequences. Uh typically a helium filled latex balloon that is released outdoors will stay aloft long enough to be fully deflated before it descends to earth. However, the balloon fest balloons collided with a front of cold cool air and rain which caused them to drop towards the ground while still inflated. The descending balloons clogged the land and waterways of northeast Ohio. In the days following the event, many balloons were reported washed ashore on the Canadian side of Lake Erie, causing water pollution. Some people had misconceptions about the environmental impact of of balloon releases, thinking that the balloons would reach an altitude where they popped and disintegrated. Um, I feel like it's important to like say that this whole event, the releasing of balloons, this whole thing was a charity event. <laughs> and it, again, it ended in casualties. Uh, How much time do we have left? Uh, enough. Uh, I, I was going to say, uh, I, we only have a few more states left on our dumb laws thing. If you want to just finish those out real quick. No, nah, we're not going to do not that much time, but enough for me to finish this or something. Uh, mm. Lake or Burke Lakefront Airport had to shut down a runway and for half an hour after balloons landed there. Traffic collisions were also reported uh, as drivers swerved to avoid slow motion blizzards of multicolored orbs or took their eyes off the road to gawk at the overhead spectacle motorists on the cleveland memorial shoreway ran into fences and each other before the roadway was shut down a bulldozer was needed to help clear the balloons two fishermen this is the, these are the casualties uh, two fishermen 
Raymond Broderick and Bernard Saltzer, who had gone out on September 26th, were reported by their families, were reported missing by their families on the day of the event. Rescuers spotted their 16-foot boat anchored west of uh, the Edgewater Park break wall. A Coast Guard search and rescue helicopter crew had difficulties reaching the area because the asteroid field of balloons. The search and rescue boat crew tried to spot the fishermen floating in the lake, but guard officials said balloons in the water made it impossible to see whether anyone was in the lake. On September 29th, the Coast Guard suspended its search. The fishermen's bodies subsequently washed ashore. The wife of one of the fishermen sued the United Way of Cleveland and the company that organized the balloon release for $3.2 million and later settled on undisclosed terms. Yeah, so this was like a horrific event. Balloons. New phobia unlocked? Question mark? Yeah. I swear, I... This is... I, like... At no point did anyone see any red flags with this idea. I mean, I had a couple just when I first heard about it, you know, such as, you know, what goes up must come down eventually. And when you have almost two million balloons, doesn't sound very good. I wonder if there's, uh, like, balloons in other, like, states, if they've reached that far. Uh, maybe. Uh, or at least, like, at near the, like, the Canadian border or something like that. But, I, I like, this is, this is so nuts. Two, or two deaths indirectly. Uh, non-fatal injuries, multiple horses apparently were hurt. Um, multiple horses? Yeah, there were multiple horses. There was multiple traffic collisions. Uh yeah, this was this was insane. I like I kind of I don't And people still do crazy things like this. Maybe not like to this extent like 1.5 million balloons, but like you know, like I mean you see like things that are like, you know, intended to like be fun and entertaining and whatnot that just go so wrong. Gender reveals for babies is like the one that's most notorious for that kind of uh outcome, you know, where like someone gets like seriously injured when you just try to like reveal the gender of your baby in some crazy needless way. Uh your gender reveal is pretty great. You just announced it on the podcast. Yeah. But anyway, I I I absolutely love reading about this. Like it's not good, but it's just so wild. I don't understand how anyone thought that this would be a good idea. I love it though. It's just so neat. The, the world record mass balloon releasing that went horribly wrong. Yeah, that doesn't really uh, do the details justice. This, this like, sucks. <laughs> anyway. Do you got anything else to add real quick before we call it quits? No. No? Okay. Uh, well, 
I was trying to think of a funny joke to add on to this uh, whole balloon fest thing, but I kind of can't. Oh, wait, are there, vid there are videos? Uh, I want to see a video where it actually looks like a Lovecraftian horror. Oh, wait a minute. Was there a Fox News cut of this? I don't know. I don't trust Fox News anymore. I don't trust any new, like, legacy media anymore. I think that's what they're called. Is that what they're called? Mainstream media. Is Joe Rogan radio. We are not a news platform. Don't say that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't well, do no. that. Well, we're, we're not a news platform, but we're all the news you'll ever need. Oh yeah, we're all the we're all the important news. Don't worry about anything else, unless it's like a presidential election, in which case, I mean, do that. But you know, yeah, just do do that on your own. Don't don't involve us. We're not. We're just we're just idiots. All right, we have opinions. We have political opinions, but those are ours. And yeah, I mean, you can't take it. I apparently, you know, I was gonna say that. Our opinions are ours that stay off the podcast, but I can't really say that anymore. Because I, I can. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can, but I pretty much broadcasted my political views in an episode already. Had to break the one rule, which I'm still not sorry about, but <clears throat> there goes my, uh... oh, I don't want to call it plausible deniability. That's not really what it is. Anyway. I guess we'll call that good. This was a, a very... We talked about, like, what? Four unsolved mysteries in an hour and a half? Yeah. I think that's a new record of completely unrelated stuff in an episode. Probably. Just about. Unless you count our, our favorite episode, because we jump from topic to topic to topic on that one. Yeah, that's different. I mean, I like this episode. I had fun. Yeah, but... me too. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, stuff happens. But learned a lot about coconut crabs. Uh, learned about how absolute, how balloons in mass quantities are banned by the Geneva Convention or should <laughs> be. It's not confirmed, but I could definitely see the destructive terror in balloons now. Uh, so, yeah. You know what I wonder, though, with that whole thing? Releasing 10 balloons can get you a misdemeanor. If you release, like, 50, can you get a felony? I wonder. Probably. If you're caught, that is. It says if you're caught. Uh, whatever. All right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and tie this episode up. You can go ahead and check out our socials, Joe Bro Radio on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook. That's J-O-B-R-O-R-A-D-I-O. You can also check out our solo stream pages, Just Phoenix 101 for Neo and Frosty Butcher for myself. Uh, well, I'm not going to spell those out, but because I still haven't changed my name yet to begin with anyway. But uh, yeah, you can go and check those out. We'll stream occasionally. Uh, eventually, we'll get more into that. I know we already said the Joe Bro stream page as well, but you know, eventually we'll get on that too soon, within the next week or so maybe. Uh, got any concluding notes, bud? Uh, yeah, all of you out there who have already given up on your New Year's resolutions, uh, get back to it right now. Right now, yeah. That you're yeah. not not asking, are you? You're just, no, that was awfully straightforward. Yeah, well, my New Year's resolution 
my main one is that uh, Joe Bro Radio will get uh, a million followers. So all of you listening, uh, get on it. Spread the word. Tell your friends to follow, please. Now, so everyone tell five of your friends and have five, all them tell five of their friends please. and then tell all them to tell five of their please friends. Don't. Please follow the podcast. Don't make me feel like a failure. Just you. I think guilt tripping. Us. I think guilt tripping is the way to do it. Well, I mean, it, yeah. that that was my New Year's resolution. I didn't know if it was yours. If if you guys don't uh, tell people to follow our podcast, we're gonna lose our house houses. <laughs> if you don't follow the podcast, I'll cry, and I promise you don't. You do not want that. <laughs> not because it's heartbreaking, but because it's hideous. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well. Alright, this has been episode something or other of Joe Bro Radio 7, I think, of season 3. That is Uh, correct. Stay tuned, and we will see you all in the next one. Peace. Peace.